Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to HeyYA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, HeyYA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. HeyYA is a book riot podcast hosted by Erica Azzapetti and me, Tears of Price, and we are recording this on June 16th. Hello, Erica. Hey, 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 Tirza. How are you? I'm great. How about you? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Considering we just survived the East Coast apocalypse. Oh my gosh. Uh, that was wild. Uh, yeah. The photos that some of my friends from New York City were sending me were yeah. like truly, truly scary. So, yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, I, um, I don't know if I've ever, um, mentioned this to you, but I do, uh, I'm a mentor with girls right now and, have you are you familiar with that? Yeah, that's a cool organization. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool. I like it a lot. They were supposed to have our like end of the year, like end of the school year, little little shindig, little hoot nanny, and they were like, um, so outside, yeah, we're gonna cancel. And I was yeah. just like, I never saw this because it's like it there wasn't a build up to it. It's it you know it's just not something that usually happens every year. Not to harp on it too much, but it was um it wasn't on my bingo card. For <laughs> sure. And yeah, like it, we got some of it in Iowa, but it was mm. not nearly as bad as like what you guys got, but it was it was noticeable and weird here. Yeah. And I think ours, you know, our air quality index never got like super bad. It was just, you know, not great. And then to see yeah. how much more intense it was for you guys, oh so awful but i'm glad that it's clearing up a little bit but hopefully yeah Yeah. i don't know i feel bad for the animals i know like they can't they can't get out of it but yeah it's clearing and yeah which is which is nice just nice good it's kind of clearing and that's kind of like a nice little metaphor i think a little clumsy metaphor real quick for the censorship, or maybe it's a very clumsy, too clumsy of a metaphor, but <laughs> you shared an awesome news story. Yeah. It's like some good news in a sea of poopy news, which yeah. is that, um, so, you know, Florida's, Florida's doing what Florida's doing these days, mm. and they wanted the college board, which oversees the administration of AP courses, to remove discussions and lessons on gender identity and sexual orientation from the AP psychology course, because, you know, Florida's officially not about letting anybody know that queer people exist in schools and um college board was like uh nope which 
is a little surprising because as Erica and I were chatting about before the episode, um, Florida wanted to restrict African-American studies and College Board kind of capitulated a bit. So that's not good, but it is good that they are saying no um, on this. And yeah, that. so I guess these classes, gender identity and sexual orientation in AP psychology will stick, um, which is good and important. And I think like one of the quotes, and I'm just kind of, you know, I'm don't, I'm not saying this an exact quote, but it's basically Mm -hmm. like, you know, the purpose of AP courses is to prepare students for college. And if we don't discuss gender identity and sexual orientation, especially in the context of psychology, then like we're not preparing them for college. And so therefore our courses would not be adequate. And so we're not going to remove him just for one state. So yay for that, but ugh, I don't know. I can't say anything more about ugh. <laughs> ugh is the word. We're in our ugh era, let's just say. I feel like, yeah, as you mentioned before when we were talking about it before we started recording, I kind of feel like like College Board got dragged, honey. Like when they were like, okay, DeSantis, you want us to revise this on Black history? Okay, gotcha. They got dragged. So I wonder if this is them being like, all right, y'all. So let's not get dragged. Let's keep our edges. Let's, you know, not get criticized. And as you said, this is for college. It's it's an optional. It's an elective in a way. It's not mm-hmm. a required class. And also, the, the, Flor- the Florida people who Florida in this way, like – I feel like if things were left up to them, like how they want things to be with well, them, I mean, like just DeSantis, the people who follow him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, once people step outside of Florida, like if Florida became, if the school systems and all the books were taken out that they want to be taken out and Florida became the Florida that they want, I'm like, your kids, when they step outside of the state, they won't know how the world is. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Queer people are all over the world, all over this country. Black people are, non-white you know, white people are, people have different religions, speak different languages, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just like, what is the end goal? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, it's too dark if we go down that hole. So I guess we'll just stick it with yay for the college board deciding to say no to Florida. Say no to Florida. Like, remember Dare? Say no to drugs. <laughs> Say no to Florida. I would right. get that on a t-shirt. And I, my apologies yeah. to all the wonderful people who yes. live in Florida. But yes. like, yeah. We know a few. We do. Absolutely. One of my friends. I was just talking about visiting my friend. Because we have a birthday, like, my birthday soon. And our birthday's, like, within a week of each other. And he lives in Florida. So... Yeah, we love the Florida people who aren't, you know, voting for this this person. So, anyhow, exactly. before we get too political, otherwise people will complain. We're supposed to be talking about YA books here. Um, right, fair. <laughs> I'm going to just let you know about um, a new thing going on here um, called The Deep Dive. Um, so, if you're looking for fascinating stories, informed takes, useful advice, and more, you can subscribe to The Deep Dive, which is a bi-weekly new newsletter to inform and inspire readers and it's delivered directly to your inbox um, you can read the first edition for free otherwise go to bookriot.substack.com to learn more and subscribe and before we get into the meat of our episode i'm going to give you one more sponsor 
Today's episode is brought to you by Underlined. Haven't read a Natasha Preston thriller yet? We dare you to try. She's known for her line of chilling young adult suspense novels like The Cellar and The Fear. The New York Times and USA Today bestselling author excels at putting fear into the hearts of her readers. So her newest book titled The Dare is about five friends whose senior prank goes very, very wrong. This is the perfect graduation season read for thriller fans who can handle a good scare. The Dare is now available wherever books are sold. You can learn more about it at getunderlined.com. So again, this young adult thriller is about five friends with a prank that goes wrong. There are dark secrets, a twisty plot, and creepy I know what you did last summer vibes. So if you, you know, it's graduation season, you want to revel in that, but like make it scary. You know what I mean? Pick up The Dare by Natasha Preston. And thanks again to Underline for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by W.W. Norton and Company Incorporated. So Negative Space by Jillian Linden follows a week in the life of an English teacher at a New York private school. At home, her children ask constant questions about mortality and her husband offers occasional counsel between Zoom calls. At school, something happens. She accidentally witnesses an ambiguous, possibly inappropriate interaction between a teacher and a student. But how can she be sure of what she saw? Negative Space is a portrait of a woman caught between the pressures of what's normal and what isn't, and examines what we owe the people who depend on us in a fractured and indifferent world. It's a debut novel and a short novel. It's perfect if you want something quick and easy to carry around, but it's also thought-provoking. It takes place during the pandemic, but it's not pandemic-focused, and it really just looks at everyday anxieties and low-threat situations that have high consequences. So make sure to check out Negative Space by Jillian Linden. And thanks again to W.W. Norton and Company Incorporated for sponsoring this episode. All right. So now that we've gotten all of that fun stuff out of the way. Yes, yes, yes. We are excited to talk about books that we have not read yet, but we're really excited to. So Excited. Yeah, most anticipated reads of 2023, the second half. So yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff out there. And basically, this is a fun episode to plan because I just scroll through Idolize looking at all the pretty covers. Yes, all the pretty covers. That sounds like, I don't know, that sounds like my memoir or something that just like reveals something about me because I'm like, I am very much, as I mentioned before, I'm very much highly susceptible to a pretty cover. Same. And there are way too many options. I, I had to remind myself to look outside of like a month. I'm like, oh, there are other months that I need to look at. Oh. Right. Uh, so many great books. So do you want to kick us off? Yes. So the first one I have to talk about is The Dark Place by Brittany S. Lewis. And speaking of pretty covers, I think the cover... I hesitate to say it's pretty only because it's kind of, like, kind of creepy. Like there's this girl and she has her mouth sewn shut with flowers, but it's one of those like pretty and creepy, like dark 
covers. It's really interesting to look at. So Hailey Williams is 17 and she has this thing where she just like up and disappears. She can't control it. She just does it. She don't, she doesn't know what's going on. So she just up and disappears like out of our realm or whatever. What, you know, our dimension that we're used to or whatever. So where does she go? You might ask. She goes to this like really like dark and disturbing version of the night that her older brother went missing. Now her older brother was never like his body was never found. He went missing in the real, like the real world, not just her like dark twisted world. He was 15 when he went missing. His name was Bubba. His body was never found. It's nine years later and she thinks he's still alive. So there's that. Now, in the real world, the non, you know, twisted dark world, in the real world, she actually ends up meeting this um, really charming guy and they're attracted to each other. And so there's this, it's like there's a physical attraction, but there's also this other kind of deeper attraction because they feel like they've kind of not even just met before, but knew each other like very well before, like may have even been in love before. And so as she keeps experiencing these, I guess, journeys to this other nightmarish world, she leans on this new guy that she meets and she like looks on him for support, basically. So together they kind of like investigate her ability and what it means for reality and time and space. I want to say the time-space continuum, but I don't even know what that means, but it just feels right to say. <laughs> like <laughs> I heard that somewhere and it sounds like it fits. So I'm going to I'm going to say that the, t- the time-space continuum. So she feels like her traveling back to this nightmarish world is again, she thinks her brother is alive, so she feels like she travels back because She's meant to save him in some way. So they've got to learn about her ability, learn what happened to her brother. And it's just a very dark and interesting and like, I think, very kind of unique plot going on. So I'm excited to read it. I don't think I've heard a plot like this in a minute. So it seems really good. Yeah. Oh, yes. Let me say it again. The Dark Place by Brittany S. Lewis. Awesome. So I'm also going to be kicking off with a slightly darker read. It's Before the Devil Knows You're Here by Autumn Cross. And it comes. Yes, that does sound dark. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Before the Devil Knows You're Here. Um, The cover is gorgeous and creepy. It's like got this girl peering through like some trees and there's like a random hand that seems to be streaked with blood. And then there's like this progression of apples that slowly like get bitten down to the core. I feel like I'm doing a really bad job of describing this cover, but it's really creepy. No, you're good. I just saw it. (laughs) It's a good description. Yeah. So it's kind of supposed to be like folklore horror. Mm. And it's set in Wisconsin in 1836. And it's about um, a Mexican-American girl named Catalina. And she lives with her father and her brother in this little cabin. And they, like, live out in the woods in the middle of nowhere. Catalina's mother has died. And as a result, they just are kind of, like, basically on the edge of survival here. 
And um, so the book kicks off when Catalina's father is sick and this mysterious man, like, covered in bark, just, like, appears and takes her brother away. And, um, um. yeah. And he's, like, got, like, sap dripping from his eyes. And he's, Oh, my God. Like, yeah, he's, like, this tree man. Um, I think they call him the man of sap. Yeah. So, and. Creative she- name. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so he just like takes her brother and Catalina's like, um, oh, heck no, because she doesn't have very many people left. So she yeah. decides to go after this this person, this creature, whoever he is, and um, into the deep, deep woods where she encounters all sorts of strange things. Um, but she also encounters a lumberjack who's also hunting this man of sap. So it looks like it's going to be kind of dark, a little bit creepy. But it's also been described as like like a sort of Faustian tale with mm. um, like American folklore and mythology and tall tales kind of woven in, which I think is really interesting because then it's also you have a Mexican American protagonist, so it all sounds amazing. Um, and that is "Before the Devil Knows You're Here" by Autumn Krauss. That sounds amazing. That is yes. also going on my list. Sap man. <laughs> right. My goodness. Yes. I have some more like kind of fantastical things. That's my jam. Next one I have is A Tall Dark Trouble by Vanessa Montalban. And this is another fantasy, but this time it's about a Cuban American family. And they're a family of brujas or witches. And they are kind of like cursed, cursed to like always like their love lives are just in shambles. Like that's the curse. It's like your love lives are a hot mess. Like go forth, basically. (laughs) So these twin sisters, Ophelia and Delphi, they know they need to stay away from magic. Their mom has tried to keep them away from it. Because it was magic that messed them up in the first place. So um, they also know that they don't really have access to love. Like I said, their love lives are cursed. Um, but then they get, they start having these visions of like murders and they know that to get to, bo- to the bottom of everything, they're going to have to get into their natural born magic abilities. And then there's, cause there's like alternating timelines. So it's like the modern day. And then there's 1980 Cuba. And in 1980 Cuba, Anita is another girl who is struggling with magical issues, basically. And her mom is a witch, a bruja who belongs to a coven of other brujas and she knows she's going to have to join the coven, but she doesn't want to. And she wants out. So basically it's these three girls, different times struggling with their connection to magic and basically trying to figure out their lives. So it's really interesting because it says it has some depictions of Afro-Cuban religious practices, which I don't know much about, 
but sounds really interesting to get into. It's got some, it's got the multi-generational aspect, you know, the cursed aspect and then the murder, you know, I got like a good mystery. I've seen it compared to like practical magic. Mm. So that's an interesting, yeah. So I'm like, all right, like Afro-Caribbean, Bruja, practical magic, like it's giving, okay. So it sounds fun. And the cover is also very cute. Again, it's A Tall, Dark Trouble by Vanessa Montalban. Such a great title as well. Yes. Very good. All right. I'm going to swing it over to the light side here because we've been pretty dark. I appreciate you. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Um, So my next um, pick is Betting on You by Lynn Painter. And so I really, really loved Lynn Painter's The Do-Over, which came out um, last fall. It is hilarious and lovely. And it's like Valentine's Day meets Groundhog Day. And it's hilarious. So definitely go pick it up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's really great. It's about this girl who keeps having like the worst Valentine's Day ever. And it's on this like endless loop. And um, it's really fun. So highly recommended if you're looking for a really great funny read. So this is Lynn Painter's new YA book. And it is about Bailey. So she um, has just started her new job for the summer she's working at this hotel water park but one of her new co-workers is a guy named charlie and she has met charlie before under not so great circumstances Mm. um she met him while she was on a flight to omaha and she was moving to omaha after her parents got divorced and so they were seatmates and she did not like his attitude and so Mm. they really really sort of butted heads um and now they are um, co-workers and they are complete opposites and he, everything he's saying and doing is just like irritating Bailey. So one of the things that they do just to kind of like pass the time, like Bailey and her co-workers is like they they kind of observe the water park guests and they're like gossiping about like, oh, you know, who do you think is going to end up with who and why is that person here and all that sort of stuff. And Bailey and Charlie end up making kind of a ridiculous bet on these two people that they've been observing and two people that they know about, like, whether or not they're going to get together. And Charlie is like, oh, members of the opposite sex can't be friends. And Bailey's like, why not? And so now they have, like, this sort of ridiculous bet going on as they are also starting to feel things for one another. So I, I just, at this point... I will read pretty much anything that Lynn Painter writes because it's funny and romantic Mm -hmm. and just always very entertaining. So I'm really excited for this one. It's Betting on You. Nice. I have to admit my next one is also kind of (laughs) dark. Go for it. Go for it. This is just, yeah, second half of 2023. This is me. I'm standing in my truth. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) (laughs) It's just who I am. Um, So the next one I have is The Spirit Bears Its Teeth by Andrew Joseph White. And Andrew Joseph White's last book did really well. As in, you know, it was really popular. People seemed to like it. It was queer. It was dark. It was titled Hell Followed With Us. And I meant to read it and I still haven't. And I'm upset. It also had a really cool looking illustrated cover. And this new one coming out in September, which is The Spirit Bears Its Teeth, which I just mentioned, also has a really cool, interesting looking cover. So it takes place in London in 1883. So already I'm like, okay, yes, please. 
So during this time, it's interesting because in, you know, the real Victorian London, people's had this interest in like occult things. You know, there were certain people who were like into that type of stuff. So in this book, the veil apparently that exists between the living and the dead has weakened. And so there are these violet eyed women who are mediums who can communicate with the dead. And they are kept under the Royal Speaker Society, like to, you know, keep an eye on them, basically, because it's like kind of like they have this power. We don't want them to get like too ahead of themselves because they're women still, you know how that goes. So Mm -hmm. 16 year old Mm -hmm. Silas Bell has these violet eyes, but he is a trans boy and he does not want to become what is called an obedient speaker wife. It's already like giving like kind of Margaret Atwood, like, ooh, Handmaid's Tale. I was like, I almost couldn't think of it. Um, So he's meant to get married, but he doesn't want to because he is, you know, someone who has studied science and he wants to explore that route rather than become someone's wife, which is not for him, for some people, but not for him. Um, He's also neurodivergent. He has autism and just people don't understand him. So he tries to escape from this arranged marriage, basically. And then we know how people treat women, how people treated women back in the day when they didn't want to conform and people who and people who thought that other people were women because he is trans. So they still see him as his gender that he was assigned at birth. So Silas goes to this place where it's basically like a a sanatorium and asylum slash finishing school where if you're assigned female at birth or a woman and you don't conform and end up getting married off and sent away from the sanatorium, you will disappear. Mm. Yes. So the just the teachers there suck. They're terrible. Everyone's mean. It's the facility is cold. And then the ghosts of missing students start coming up to Silas, because remember Silas has those violet eyes silas is a medium and so they start coming up to silas for help so dun 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 what comes next i have to read it i'm excited yeah yes so this sounds really interesting i think yeah i think it'll be really good it always it already has some pretty good reviews so i'm excited for it again it's the spirit bears its teeth by andrew joseph white Mm. Another really awesome title. Yes. Very good. Yes. All right. Um, We're going to talk about some more books, but first let's hear from our next sponsor. This episode is sponsored by The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy. Robbie and Trevor Cressmont have enough wealth to ensure they'll never be found guilty of any wrongdoing, even if everyone believes they're behind the deaths of their ex-girlfriends. Let us all take a collective angry sigh at that. Lauren O'Brien, the new girl at school, has a dark past of her own, and she's desperate for a fresh start. Except when she starts a relationship with Robbie, her chance is put in jeopardy. During what's meant to be their last weekend together, Lauren stumbles across evidence that might just implicate Robbie. 
and after a third death rocks the town, she must decide whether to end things with Robbie or risk becoming another cautionary tale. This is an edge-of-your-seat YA thriller that's perfect for fans of Karen McManus and Holly Jackson. Make sure you pick that up now wherever books are sold. And thank you once again to The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy for sponsoring today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95 And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. Okie doke. So keeping on this great title train here, um, my next pick is Sleepless in Dubai by Sajni Patel. And I really have enjoyed the few Sajni Patel books that I have read. Mm. I read The Knockout, which is a YA book about a Muay Thai fighter who is hoping that the sport will be added to the Olympics roster and she might, you know, be on the first Olympics team. It was excellent. Um, nice. and Yeah. And then I've read one of her adult titles, which is, well, yeah, I'm totally blanking right now, but suffice to say, I think that um, Sachin Patel is a great author and I really have enjoyed her past work. And so this um, new book is Sleepless in Dubai. It is about um, Nikki, who is going with her family to Dubai. Um, I think she lives in the U.S., I'm guessing. I haven't read the book, obviously. But she and her family are going to Dubai to celebrate Diwali. And it should be like just this amazing, wonderful trip because they don't do this every year, obviously. But Yash, who is the boy next door and somebody that um, Nikki is not hugely fond of, is accompanying them on this trip. And Nikki's family is trying to play the matchmaker and be like, oh, maybe you guys just need to get to know each other a little bit better. But that is not something that Nikki is super looking forward to. Um, However, Things do sort of shift um, as they get to know each other a little bit better, but also as, you know, they butt heads even more. So it looks fun. I also, I mean, I have always said, like, I wish that there were more YA books, like, set against, like, the backdrop of holidays. Um, Mm, And I feel like, you know, there's tons for Christmas, and um, we're getting a few more for Hanukkah. But it's nice because I don't – I there's very few books that come to mind – I mean, no books that come to mind where I can think that I've – like, YA books that are set against Diwali. So I'm excited to read this just because I feel like I will, you know, learn something and also Mm – I know that I like this author. Um, and I love the the sort of um, 
play with a um, title like Meet Me in Dubai. It's obviously a play off of Meet Me in St. Louis. And um, Sachin Patel also has another YA book called My Sister's Big Fat Indian Wedding. So play off of My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Um, And that one's been on my TBR for ages. I just haven't gotten to it yet. So um, all in all, looks fantastic. I love the cover. It's like purple and very colorful and bright and I think it's going to be really fun. So that is Sleepless in Dubai by Sajni Patel. You just reminded me. First of all, that sounds wonderful. Adding to the TBR. You're talking about the um, my big fat Greek wedding. I still mean, I keep meaning to watch that. Just because <gasps> oh, of the quote so that you told me. I've heard about it all my life, basically. But when I like, when it first came out, I was really young and not interested in that type of movie. Like I was watching Saturday morning cartoons and stuff at that time. Well, I still kind of do, but I also was at that time. <laughs> but like, you you sold me with the one quote where it was like the lady was like, I need a babopsy. Yes. They gave me, which is it? The babopsy. The babopsy, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, if you Perfect. Uh, yeah, if you're not if you're not a a fan of this movie or you've never seen it, you have no idea what we're talking about. But please go watch no, my big fat Greek wedding. Yes. It is delightful. One of my favorite movies of all time. It sounds really funny. So yes, I love the nods to like the 90s movies and stuff. Love it. Okay, so my next book that I want to talk about is titled Everyone's Thinking It by Alima Omotoni. And it is another one with a gorgeous, gorgeous cover. Um, I just got to shout out these pretty covers when I see them. Now this one is like less dark. You know, I'm, I'm going to be in my dark, my dark phase, I guess, the second half of 2023. This one is more like, well, it's compared to Mean Girls. It says it's like Mean Girls meets Dear White People. I have not seen Dear White okay. People. I have seen Mean Girls. Mean Girls is a classic. Okay. I might even need to rewatch it. Like, again, you don't even go here. Okay. Words to live by. I love Mean Girls. <laughs> So it's also supposed to be a kind of a a looser reimagining of A Midsummer Night's Dream by Shakespeare. I mm. kind of forgot what happened in that story. I've saw I've seen it performed in um Shakespeare in the Park in New York City and it was fabulous and fun, but I kind of forgot. So, anyway, this takes place in the UK in a an elite boarding school in the English countryside. And in this type of environment, as you might imagine, reputation, like your reputation matters a lot. So you have this girl, Yanu, who is an aspiring photographer. And she seems like she's kind of quiet, like she's kind of like removed from things a little bit. She likes to just kind of observe things from behind her camera and keep it like that, like keep it cute, you know, like not involved in anything too messy. And then there's her cousin, Kitan, who is like the it girl. Her family has money. Um, She's pretty. She's got friends. It's giving Regina George, basically, but Nigerian. So she it's talks about like how to attain this level of popularity she kind of has to make some sacrifices especially since most of the school is white so there's some cultural sacrifices and personal things she has to sacrifice to like maintain her social footing her social position okay so here's where the plot thickens the pictures on iyanu's camera 
are stolen and they get spread across the school and each one of them has a like a juicy little 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 gossip little secret on them and now everybody is like, you know, everybody's business is spread across the school and everyone's looking at Yanu like, girl, I know you did not just tell my, you know, and so chaos erupts and Yanu knows she's knows she didn't do it, obviously. But it's like, the question is, who did it? Why did they do it? And apparently finding out those, the answers to those questions can be life-changing. So it kind of reminds me of like Ace of Spades also, just the blurb, of course, like we've been saying, I haven't read this yet, but it is really interesting. So I'm ready for, I'm ready. I like, I like English countryside mysteries. This is a bit of a different one that I'm used to reading, but I think it should be interesting. Um, again, that's Everyone's Thinking It by Alima Omotoni. Awesome. Well, my next pick is Into the Bright Open by Cherie Dimeline. And this is a queer YA retelling of The Secret Garden, which I, do I need to go on? I feel like that should just that should just suffice. That was also <laughs> on my list. Oh, yes. is it? Did I steal yes. it? No, no, no. It oh, was on my, my list like off of my main <laughs> list. Yes. I was like, oh no, did I not look and see if I stole your book? Oh my gosh. You're good. Oh, okay. Good. I, yes. Oh my gosh. Well, this looks so good. So it does. Um, as part of the remix classic series from Macmillan, um, which is really fun because they Mm -hmm. are remixing classics in a really interesting way and like bringing diversity to the forefront, which I love. So this is about, um, Mary Lennox and And she is orphaned, as in the original. And she's basically sent to go live with an uncle that she's never met. And it is this manner that is strange and full of people who she finds strange. And many of them, um, many of the characters in this book are indigenous. And one night she discovers that she has a cousin that she did not know um, that she had. Her name is Olive. And she is, according to everybody in the house, sick. Mm. But uh, Mary's not really, you know convinced that Olive is as sick as everybody says she is because she's basically being forced in this attic and she's has to take this horrible medicine and the medicine seems to be making her worse and Olive um, excuse me Mary begins to suspect that something very wrong is going on in this house and Olive is being kept purposely sick Um, so she enlists the help of a girl named Sophie and they discover the secret garden which hopefully will hold the key to um, making Olive better Um, so I love that this seems to be taking like a darker look at the secret garden which Mm. i mean when you stop and consider the secret garden it's kind of dark and sad it is but i don't think that people would necessarily think of it as a dark book um but it kind of is so i like that this i mean just from the description it seems like they are kind of leaning into the darkness and being like okay let's see where we can go um i also love like that there's going to be a lot of indigenous representation. I love that it's mm-hmm. queer. I'm really excited to read this. So that is Into the Bright Open by Cherie Dimeline. Yes. Amazing. I 
I feel like there are kind of a lot of children's stories that are kind of dark when you like take a step back and like, oh, hmm. So that's what happened when you like look at it when you get older. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that is one that I'm also really excited about. So another one I have is Ride or Die by Gail Agnes Musukavanu. And this one is an interesting, it's a little different. Like, I don't know if it's like super real. Well, I'm talking about realistic. All of my books have been far from reality. But this is a contemporary one. And it's not a fantasy. It's more of a thriller. So you have these two girls, Lully and Ryan. And they are like known as the Bonnie and Clyde of their high school. And they are thick as thieves, literally, because they have been like, like stealing snacks since they were in kindergarten. They car surf now in high school. And they are just a couple of, I was supposed to say a couple of scamps. They're a little more than that. But um they kind of like cause trouble in their town and kind of everyone knows that they're, you know, very, a lot of mischief going on with them. And it mostly has to do with Lolly. So one day Lolly throws a super wild party and she steals something and she meets this boy X. Mm-hmm. He's kind of strange, a little different, and he's in a coat closet. And he challenges her to a game, and it is like a game that she can't refuse as someone who seems to chase adrenaline on a constant basis. So she, um, they start this correspondence. And they start exchanging these very, like, dangerous missions. And she likes to have fun. And she thinks these kind of, like, chaotic, dangerous things are fun. But, of course, things get out of control. And she is about to lose everything. And she starts to fall for someone that she maybe shouldn't. So um, there's some mystery here. There's some thriller aspects and it just seems like a very interesting a very interesting premise yeah yeah so i'm super excited for it it is again ride or die by gail agnes musukavanu awesome so my next pick is the only girl in town by ali condi and this one looks really interesting it is about a girl named july who has just like I guess woken up one day and discovered that like everybody in her town has disappeared. What? Yeah. Um, which, you know, would be like, what's going on? Yeah. And so, you know, there's she doesn't have her family, none of her friends, nobody in town. Like everything, everybody's just gone. And um the description's kind of hinting that she's got a little bit of um, you know, some some drama in her past. And now she has to basically go throughout her town and try to figure out, like, what happened to everybody. And she has to follow these clues. And, yeah, it it looks really interesting. I'm intrigued by it because it's like, oh, is this, like, 
you know, going to be a really metaphorical novel of like everybody disappearing? Is it going to be like sci-fi? Like what's, yeah. what's, what's the explanation going to be? And like, yeah. I, I mean, I, it doesn't matter to me either way, which way it goes, but like, I'm excited to read it just because I'm intrigued by this premise. Um, so I don't know much about it except for, yeah. Like what if you woke up and everybody in town was gone? Like, what would you do? Um, I oh my would God. probably think that I was going insane. So I'm yeah. curious to read this book. <laughs> yeah. So that is The Only Girl in Town by Ali Condi. That sounds really interesting. Good. So next one I have is The Library of Shadows by Rachel Moore. So Radcliffe Prep is the third most haunted school in the country because there's a list. <laughs> I guess there's like a U.S. was it U.S. News ranking list of haunted house haunted schools. And so when students disappear, it's not really like a big deal. So Esther Logano, sis does not believe in ghosts, but she goes there because she's trying to find her dead father. And again, like I said, she doesn't believe in ghosts, so she's not hoping to actually like speak to him, like with him having passed away, but she wants to find out who he was when he was alive. And so going to the school is supposed to help her with that. So, okay, she doesn't believe in ghosts. So I've said that a couple of times already. But then she meets this kid, Mateo, who maybe is probably, yes, he's a ghost. And he kind of irks her a little bit. There might be maybe a little attraction, maybe. So she has this annoying ghost who she met. And she's trying to figure out like who her father was. She's like following his in his footsteps, basically. But she finds that in doing so, she encounters more danger than she thought she would. And so she finds that the library again, library shadows, there are all these like secret tunnels and hidden passageways. And it's got halls that are haunted. And it turns out that that rumor about students disappearing is true. And of course, to make it spicy, she might be the next one to go. So mm. it's an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting little like ghost paranormal like mystery. It's got um, some dark academia going on. You know, we like that. So. Yes, again, this is The Library of Shadows by Rachel Moore. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. My the next one I want to talk about real quick is not necessarily like a brand new title release, but the 40th anniversary edition of The Song of the Lioness Quartet by Tamara Pierce is releasing in September. And I can't believe I'm saying the 40th anniversary edition because it doesn't feel like it should be 40 years old. But wow. um yeah, this wonderful quartet of fantasy novels, which I read to like my copies to tatters when I was um, like 11, 12, 13. Love this series so, so much. Um, the 40th anniversary editions are coming out and the new covers are gorgeous. Ooh. And they're coming out in paperback and hardcover. And I was like, oh, <gasps> darn. What if I had to get the hardcovers with these new beautiful covers? Like, I think I, you might have to. I think Teresa. I have to. Like, I think you I just, do. I have to, right? Uh, like, you do. Yeah, you actually if, do have to. If you read a series so many times as a kid and then they like release a beautiful anniversary edition in hardcover when you're an adult with adult money, I think you're like legally obligated to it's buy. 
in the contract. It's yep. in the contract, yes. So, oh my gosh, the covers are so pretty. And I mean, I actually reread this series a couple of years ago. And I have some quibbles with some of like the representation in mm. one of the books. And some small quibbles with some other things. But for like the most part, the series does hold up pretty well. Um, nice. So if you also read it a long time ago and have been afraid to pick it up again because you're like, ah, oh, what if it doesn't hold up? I, I would say definitely worth giving it a shot. I just love these books so much. Like my entire personality was like loving these books when I was 12. Love so it. that's amazing. Ew. Yes. Oh I my gosh. It. Yeah. That's I love cute. them so much. So yeah, I was really excited to see the beautiful covers release and I'm, yeah, I did. You've convinced me I have to get them. Whoops. You, yeah. <laughs> if anyone says anything, send them to me. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll have you talk to my spouse when they're like <laughs> more books, books you already own. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my God. Wonderful. All right. So, you know, we could sit here and talk about all the books that we're excited to read for a long time. Um, But unfortunately, um, that's just all the time we have for today. So thank you so much for listening. Please feel free to leave us feedback on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Let's um, others know you know, what we're about and helps let us know how we're doing. And that way other people can find us as well. So you can also always email us at heyya at bookriot.com. And don't forget to visit bookriot.com for more newsletters, podcasts, all things bookish. And of course, um, check out our sub- new sub stack, The Deep Dive. That's bookriot.substack.com. And thank you to our sponsors for making the show possible. And thank you, as always, to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Tears of Price. And how about you, Erica? On Twitter at Erica underscore EZE underscore. Awesome. Well, we will be back again in two weeks when we will be chatting about our favorite books of the year so far. Yes. So tune in then. Yeah, it'll be fun. In the meantime, happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.